Welcome back to the Grunge Bible Podcast. This is episode 120, and the Grunge Bible Podcast is not going anywhere. We will not retreat. We're unstoppable. This negative energy, Ethan, it only makes us stronger. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. Yeah, man, we are a positive train rolling forward, and uh, we can't be stopped. Yeah, so, we can. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm great. Uh, I'm really excited to do this podcast. Um, once again, as we spoke about last week, like, you know, when Christmas comes and you're, you're, you're a child and you get a new toy and you're just really excited to play with that new toy. I can't wait to record because we got these microphones. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude, man. These things are uh, great. If you listen to our last po- last episode, 119, Mm-hmm. Um, it was our debut and we both had them and it's nice. My, I talked to my brother and it's nice that we got them at the same time Yeah, and there was, no, you know, you didn't have the one, one audio is better than the other. So I'm, I'm glad that we are synced up in that regard. Exactly. You know, we're a unit around here and, uh, you know, we go into all of our endeavors together at the same time. So, uh, into how the flood you, again, into the flood again, some would say, so that's how I'm doing. Ethan, how, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so last episode, we talked about how I was getting ready for the championships, and we are recording this on Tuesday, July 3rd. So uh, I'm still preparing. I'm still getting ready. So the the results will come on next week's podcast. So um, I'm in the same state I was a couple of days ago when we recorded the that episode. I'm feeling good. I'm trying to be rested, and uh, you know all is all is calm here. It's quiet. So I'm doing good. How about you, ma'am? That's awesome. You already asked me how I'm doing, but I'll say it again. I'm doing great. Um, yeah, Let's we've re- we've reached uh, for the for the longtime listeners. We've reached the uh, precarious point uh, in the calendar here, where uh, I live in my nice little attic apartment, and it gets a little steamy. So at the kickoff of this podcast, July third, we're recording. Uh, it's 87 degrees in my apartment, but you know we won't retreat. Just like I said, so. You know, the pods need the pods need to be casted even though I'd rather be rod <laughs> even though I'd rather be rod casting. Absolutely. <laughs> God That's fishing. incredible, dude. Absolutely. That's incredible. So on this episode, we are going to be diving into the movie singles. Oh yeah. Which um funny enough, we were talking we were shooting around ideas for the podcast and we had a few and we're like, you know, we haven't done it. We haven't done a pro- proper episode on the singles movie and spoiler alert, Chris and I, neither of us have ever seen the movie. Now until this now. may come to a surprise until now, this may come to a surprise, but it's one of those things that we just had never done. And then we kind of got back to a wall where everybody just assumed we saw it. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's been posts made about it. There's been talk and banter and, um, but we, <laughs> We were pulling one over on everybody. We'd never watched it. So today, you know, last night, uh, we actually synced up and we started the movie. It's on YouTube with ads for free. And we synced up and we watched it simultaneously together. And we texted back and forth and we laughed and we made fun of it. And we enjoyed uh, everything about this Cameron Crowe production and the people in it. So uh, we're going to give an honest review about what we thought, what our thoughts, you know, initial thoughts, uh, 24 hours after, you know, exactly what we, you know, how we processed it. And it's it's pretty funny. We, yeah, we, we got, I think we have, I think we have some good, uh, good insights coming. So 
we're pretty pretty excited about that. I, I, I enjoy the fact that we were able to watch it together for the first time simultaneously. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. It, it was really great. And I have to say, out of all of the topics that have ever been requested, um, we've had a lot of people request that we do an episode on, on the singles movie. And it was always in the vein of, oh, like, it's such a classic, like, I know you guys know about it. Like you got, you got to do an episode about it, but you know, we never had the heart to tell anybody <laughs> that we, we, we had never seen it before. Um, we it's were, so we funny. were, we were talking before we sat down to watch it yesterday. And, um, I was like, yeah, like I've, I've posted about this movie a lot. I've posted, you know, a compliment for us is a compliment for you. Dozens of times, the Citizen Dick posters, Touch Me, I'm Dick. I had no idea. Desperation what, is I, the worst yeah, alone, right? Exactly. I had no idea, um, you know, but we're rolling away the stone and we did our homework and we watched it. And uh, boy, do we have some thoughts about this film. It's so funny because, uh, you know, movies, when people ask you if, you, if you've seen a movie, and you've seen that movie, right? And and even if you haven't, you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I do that like all the time. Easiest, all the, the easiest, <laughs> easiest small white lies that people will, and then they ask you about a scene or say something, and then you got to be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then mm-hmm. you like kind of chuckle and, and yeah. hopefully you just move on with the conversation. So yeah. I, th- I think that a lot of people can relate to that, where sometimes well, you just got to go with it until yeah, it's so you finally tough watch too, it. Because most of the time when people ask you, oh, have you seen this? Or, oh, have you heard of this artist? The social contract says that you just say yes because they're not right. they don't actually they don't care in the conversation. They, they don't yeah. actually care. They just they just want to continue talking about what they want to talk about. But then sometimes right. you get you do get put on the spot. Like one out of every 55 times this happens, they'll ask you a question about it like, "Oh, do you remember when that thing happened?" like and then what happened next? I was like, I was like, "Oh, I was like, you know you what? Look like, up it's go, been a while since I've seen it." Like, you know. I was in and out. I was doing something else. Like, exactly. I must have missed that scene. Yeah, but the amount of just like it's like Petey, like Petey says, you know, have you ever told a lie just for the hell of it? Nothing that important. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I told I told lies about this one a lot. There were only mem- <laughs> members of the inner circle knew that I had never seen the singles movie. Um, I couldn't I couldn't say that on Grunge Bible. You know, this is like no. the one movie that we that we have to see, and we yeah. and we saw it. We saw it. It was like in the beginning too, and it's like, have you listened to this this band? And then mm-hmm. you have to be like. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't really got into them too much, but like they're I've on my list. Few, like I've when I get home from work times. tonight, I'm gonna take a listen. Oh, yeah, the man. most, oh, the most, the, the two most common grunge bible lies from the two of us. I'm gonna listen to that later today, and then yeah, yeah I know the singles movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, we would like to take this time to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, without you, we wouldn't have these mics. We wouldn't have the motivation to do this. And overall, we just need support in life, <laughs> and this is the best way to do it. So if you're out there listening, and it's your first time, uh, just please enjoy the show, enjoy the podcast, hope we impress you. But if you've been listening for a long time, maybe say you know, 10, 20, 30 episodes, if you've been a lifer, then it's, it's really time that you sack up. Um, and we have three different tiers, the $2, the $5, and the $10 tier, and all proceeds go right back into this show. We haven't pocketed pretty much anything i haven't made a penny off of this show ethan which is unbelievable but but i think that's good i think that our time is coming and one day we will make some money off of this but right now it's just to keep the show running um so we can give you guys some excitement and some entertainment weekly yeah absolutely and and i know i I think this is a really good time to say what i'm about to say um a lot of what we say when it relates to something like this it's it's very tongue-in-cheek we're very 
satirical, sarcastic about it, but but I I have to say, if I could speak for you, Ethan, and speak for Drew as well, please. The th the three of us, we've been working really hard lately to try to take this thing to the next level and to really. <laughs> add a different element to it no we really have like we're i know i'm saying we're trying we're guys. trying you know like we're trying like there's a lot of effort that we're putting in on the front end that we're going to hope pays off in terms of different voices that we're able to get onto the show um different opportunities that we're going to be able to have and different conversations that we're going to be able to share with people um and you know this is the time now more than ever um you know if you've ever been on the fence about supporting us about getting some skin in the game as we like to talk about um you know this is this is when it matters you know we made the upgrade uh you know we've got we've got your money into it now so we're not going anywhere uh, you know, we can't Irish goodbye the podcast this fall like <laughs> like we thought we could at some time. <laughs> you know, these mics, we have to do at least 120 more episodes. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff going on and, and we've really tried to up the ante lately behind the scenes in terms of just different things that we're trying to do and different people that we're trying to get organized uh, and get our ducks in a row to have them on this space and share those conversations with you. So uh, anything that you do to, to support that and to, and to make that, make that possible, um, you know, you're going to directly benefit from. So uh, thank you in advance for your support. And also thank you to everyone that has already supported uh, most notably our $10 supporters on Patreon. So these individuals, Every single month, uh, they give us $10, and that goes directly into the upkeep of the podcast, uh, the software that we need, uh, the producer, Drew, uh, you know, who needs to be paid because he's doing really good work, um, you know, everything that, everything that we do to make this thing possible, um, you know, is because of them. So I would like to thank our top-tier supporters right now, and their names currently are Black Hole Sean, The Blue Owl, Brother Nature, Doug Endy, Corden Stewart, Kara Kay, Captain Hightop, Fresh Tendonitis, Faith Bittner, Eric R. Berry, Epona, Eddie Vetter got me through my second divorce, Fuck Soup, Granny Grunge, Jade Mercado, Jamie Lynn, Carlene Salona, Keith White, Laura Nyreen, Chris LSMS, Millie, Nikki Six, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Sherry Matthews, and Rachel Corning. I raise my glass to thee. Thank you for your steadfast support, and uh, here's to the next chapter of cool things that we're going to be able to do because of your support. Amen to that. So please consider, and uh, let's that's get my soapbox for the day. I'm I'm off the soapbox. I'm 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 done being serious. Um, well, I can't be done being serious because we're going to talk about the singles movie, which is a very serious topic. <laughs> so, Chris, what? So, how much did you know about this movie before <laughs> going into this? Where, like, when you sat down to watch it, like, what did you expect? So, my headspace. I'll I'll, I'll relate how much I knew about the movie. Um, based off of this interaction that we had after the movie. So we finished the movie last night and I called you, Ethan, and only then did I put together why it was called Singles. The fact yes. that they were, all, <laughs> they were all young, single people. Um, I think all of the years of people telling me that like it's the grunge Seattle movie, I figured that it would have been a lot more about music. Um, yeah. You know, I thought I thought it was going to be following Citizen Dick and, and the mighty Cliff Poncier. Um, but, you know, we didn't really get any of that. We didn't we didn't know what happened. Um, <laughs> I the storylines were uh, yeah, frail. So, they exactly. Were, they so were weak. I, I thought that it was like the trials and tribulations of a band 
from Seattle of the Seattle sound who's going to make it and just everything that's going on in in the protagonist Cliff Poncier's life. I didn't know that there were other characters in there. I didn't know that <laughs> and Steve he was in even. there. I didn't know that you know I didn't know that all these people were going to rear their heads. Um yeah. so I was taken for a loop. I mean, I got like 20 minutes 30 minutes into the movie and I'm like where the fuck's Citizen Dick? Like where where the where they're the playing shows? Like what's going on? So that was that was my, that was what I what I thought I knew about the movie, and it turned out to be not at all what the movie was about. So once I kind of I had to, I had to leave that on the side of the road to continue on uh, and and take in what was going on. So what about you? Did, what was your knowledge base? It seemed like you had a a better head on your shoulders about it than I did, which isn't saying much, obviously. I I knew I knew less about. No, I probably knew less about it overall. <laughs> um, I watched the first like a first two scenes before we texted and I I, re- I restarted it to sync up with you. Right. And when I watched the first two, I was like, "Oh, singles." I thought that it was talking about like singles as far as like artists that they right. had the whole like soundtrack and I thought it was, and yeah, it was based around the soundtrack, but it really was just like I mean it was they I mean the soundtrack was very important to the song, which I think we'll get into. Like, um, it was very they were all the songs were picked very you know important or uh precisely i guess Absolutely. and uh, they had had a reason for it but you know it wasn't about um it wasn't about i was so surprised that like you know allison james just had a cameo in the back and chris cornell like literally walked up and the one scene said i don't, nothing, think, I don't think he even said played, anything he just nodded his head and just sang a little bit like i i thought that those guys everybody would kind of be more in the shot in the scene for whatever reason. Yeah. So I, I, I also thought that it was going to be way more music based. And, um, but once we started watching and I realized I was like, Oh, it's, this isn't going to be it. I was kind of ready for, like, I thought it was going to be like clerks where it's just like a kind of put together scenes. And they pretty much were like, there's kind of put together scenes, pretty subpar acting overall. <laughs> and, and like jokes that are corny. And it, I don't, I think that it was meant to be corny in a way. Like it's definitely a cult classic when you watch these type of movies back. It's supposed to take you back to Seattle and really depict the time and place of, you know, what it was being a single person in Seattle and going to shows and meeting people and then like, you know, the day to day, I guess, or how everybody, you know, and you had the Cliff Ponciers of of your life that were right. trying to make and there's it. There's a big. lot. There's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a. You have a lot of neighbors <laughs> like that, and uh, <laughs> so once I guess I had an understanding of that, like kind of settled in and didn't expect all that much. And, and I was, I mean, I was pretty entertained for about 60 minutes and the last 30 minutes kind of, I, I, I was losing steam. I was like, all right. Yeah. Like, I don't think these things are going anywhere. And right. I was right. They, you know, they kind of ended. Yeah. I mean, they ended, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think there were, there were a few problems that I had with the movie that, that maybe decreased my enjoyment of it a little bit. Number one, this was on me. I went in with com- <laughs> <laughs> the complete wrong expectations. I thought it was going to be like Poncier right, Bible. That's a, that's you a know? Big, yeah, and which so I like, was excited for. Right. I was really fired up about that. And then I find out that like, no, it's not about that. And it's kind of more of like an ensemble cast as opposed to like, you know, you have your one lead person, you know, you yeah. had, you had a few different stories that were all happening simultaneously. Um, and I think the movie wasn't long enough and the performances weren't strong enough from the actors. The, the, the stakes between 
the members of these ensembles, this ensemble, the stakes weren't raised enough to the point that I cared what happened with any of them. Yeah. And then like There's you no said, drama. like like an hour and 10 minutes in, like, oh shit, like, uh, you know, like we're back and uh, that's it. Like, you know, these people are together. These people, <laughs> these people aren't. And that's it. Yeah. And that's life, baby. That's and, life. Uh, I mean, they're, they're I right though. Like say... it doesn't have to be cinematic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're right. That is the reality of it. You know, and yeah. relationships are not like. Um, I mean, there's movies. a there's a lot of Steve Dunns out there. You know, we there's a lot we of know singles we, out there. We know some Steve Dunns in our life. Yeah. You know, we know some Janet Livermores. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> that's funny. I thought you were gonna say you know one. I thought it was gonna be way more about uh, Cliff Ponsier, and two. Matt Dillon is also not a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because we, let's talk about the acting. I think we have. Let's to. give a, let's give awards out, and okay. uh, I think that who do you, you know, think tied the room together? Um, tied the room together, probably. Um, let's see, probably Janet. Janet. Yeah. yeah. I think Jan- she Janet she Livermore. probably. I think she was probably uh, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, actor or my favorite character throughout the i mean i, I mean cliff you know he was my favorite character he just <laughs> he has to be it's cliff Ponzier. <laughs> but i think jeanette like she i think she did the best job for her role and uh and she she kept the energy pretty high like she she was pretty fun yeah but i think i think the worst you know the worst performance has to go to matt, matt dylan <laughs> he just i mean he had the look he had the you know uh I don't know the looks where people, you know, you want to, you want him to be like a really good singer and stuff. And he kind of delivered like a half. It just, it just, it just didn't do it for me when he should have been like emotional or he should have been like, you know, man, I guess that was his thing. Like he was kind of like a, well, he was, yeah, you know, he was the an Zen airhead. Man, you know? Yeah. He was, and yeah, no, he was nothing, airhead, nothing like, can keep him down and nothing can affect him. Although you could tell that I wanted, was, I wanted more Zen then. I wanted him to be more like, well, that's way the more thing. in control, I guess. Well, that's He's more what airhead. happened. Yeah, like so he wanted to be that, but he didn't have the guts to be that way. It's I true. mean, right at the beginning with Janet, he's like, you know, I see other people, and and next thing you know, <laughs> you know, he gets back with her at the end, and then you know the band is not successful, and and you see him at the end of the. I mean, he's not. This is not a uh, impassioned man. I mean, everything has been taken from him. You know, Citizen Dick broke up. I mean, you know, Stone Stone got scared, yeah. and the other guys found jobs at Boeing, and that was that. <laughs> That's how it happens sometimes. So yeah, I have to say. Um, Another element of this movie that I was uh, taken off guard by, in addition to the fact that it wasn't, you know, the Chronicles of, of Poncier, um, it's always interesting to go back and look at movies that come from uh, notable actors and actresses, early portions yes. of their career. You know, we're watching these and um, uh, Linda, the character Linda is played by Kyra Cedric, but I was texting you and I was like, I, I always see her as like the mom in every movie from yeah. when I was a kid growing up in the 2000s. Like she played like a lot of these like maternal characters. So it's weird to see her as like a young single person. And then I'm a huge fan of The Wire, um, you know, and, and and then we have Jim True Frost in there as David. And, and I know him as yeah. Roland Presbelewski from The Wire. I'm like, holy shit. Like he's yeah. Roman Seattle. He's got a little soul patch going on, you know, in the parlance of our time. Um, and it's always just really, really interesting um but i I have to yeah i was just say that it's like jack nicholson probably Mm -hmm. for both of us where like right i've I've always pictured him as like on the sidelines of a lakers game right and when i just remember when when we were young we played um when i was like you know 12 or something we played you know basically charades or one of those games where you know you have to guess where uh you can't speak 
Yeah. And or you can only say a few words. And I had and I was like a kid, and I got Jack Nicholson, and all, I, and I had, I knew nothing about him. All I knew is like <laughs> You're he's, just he's sitting a celebrity. In a chair. <laughs> I said I said sits uh, sits courtside at a Lakers game, and then like all I had to say was here's Johnny. You know what I mean? Everybody in the room mm-hmm. would have got it, but I had no idea. So when I when you watch the old stuff, you just like yeah, it's kind of weird because you don't really haven't really taken in a lot of his stuff. I just know him as the older version, but right. Probably probably dates me. Some people out there be like, he's the best actor because yeah, he, he is regarded as that. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. The actors like the the few that you know, you're like, oh my gosh, like you know, she's married to Kevin Bacon in real life or <laughs> Danny um, Elfman. Danny Elfman, yes, that's well. Really there's good. a lot of years between now and you know when this movie was was created. Yeah, and came out in 1992, and, and 92. you know both both in terms of the lives of of, of you know the on air you know the actors and the actresses, but also in terms of the music and and I think the music really elevates this movie. Um, and and I think um. You know whether whether you if you had to make a decision a binary choice of whether it's a good movie or not, um, I don't think it's a good movie. Um, but the soundtrack. What would you rate it? What would you rate it? Uh, are, are we rotten tomatoesing it like a percentage, like one to a hundred, or what's the? Yeah, what's the yeah. System? Give it, give it a percentage, and and you can you weigh in everything, like you well, weigh, weigh like weighing in everything significance, uh, like yeah. significance to you, like you know, getting past certain, you know how. It doesn't need to be like I'll, plot line. It's just I'll give, like I'll, you I'll, rate give it. I'll give it like a sixty-one out of a hundred. Yeah, I'm yeah. giving it like a, a sixty-nine. <laughs> okay, there, nice. That's perfect. A little bit higher, yeah, a yeah. little higher. But I, I think that I think that, like you said, the soundtrack, the fact, you know, what I love, the fact that a lot of these songs were written just for this movie, I think, right. is really sick, really yeah. cool. Which you know, I guess happens a lot, but the fact that. Um, it came from the bands that yeah. we love and and they also were really good songs that people totally. love listening yeah. to it's really cool well and and there's so many gems that came from this era and and that's why i think this people in our circles you know that are fans of grunge rock this movie is really elevated because of the music i think you know if you take this music out and you had you know contemporary soundtracks from the time maybe not from seattle maybe not from grunge if this was set anywhere else you know it's just another movie that people forgot about but you know like you said the, the soundtrack was incredible but a lot of the songs that were made as a result of this movie um at the end you you have you have cliff you know the poncey tapes and 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 how that came about you know that was just that was just an empty cassette box with random names and Chris Cornell saw the names on the tape and was inspired by the, the the titles of these non-existent songs that he went home and he and he demoed these songs and that's how we got Seasons and that's where Spoonman was born out of and and they liked Seasons so much from Chris you know just going home for a couple of hours messing around with his home recording that they put it yeah. in the movie prominently you know and, and you have this song and then obviously really big, a couple man. of years later you know Spoonman is remade into this absolutely driving powerhouse on on Super Unknown um, but it's so cool to go back and listen like you know chris was in his apartment bedroom writing this just because he thought he he was affected and he he related to the names um you know that's another gift that this movie's given us but something that i Mm want to talk about that we were texting about while we were watching the movie um it was it was mentally it was it was really really not jarring. Uh, i i struggle i'm struggling to find the proper word but it was it was interesting um that like Lane Staley, Jerry Cantrell, Allison Chains, you know, they're on stage and they're just the background portion mm-hmm. of this movie where, you know, the, the the protagonists are in the crowd and that's where the action is. It's just because it's yeah. in Seattle that you have a Seattle band on stage. It was really interesting for me um, to watch something where where Chains were just a, a background piece because every right. single time I've ever watched 
in Alice in Chains live performance. They have been it's the coveted. focal point for me. And that's where all of my attention is. So like that happened to me last night. I'm like, holy shit. Like it ain't like that's coming on. Like, and they're fucking rocking. Like, I mean, this was, yep. this was, this is Alice in Chains at their best, you know, before Lane really started to go downhill. And I'm like, like to hell with what the people in the crowd are saying. Like, I don't give a shit what Steve has to say right now. Like Lane and like Jerry's head banging on stage. Like that's what I want to pay attention Jerry. to. Enter Jerry. Yeah. Exactly. Like who cares? Who cares about what Linda's doing? Like, I don't care. <laughs> it's about Jerry, you know? Yeah, and my, the next thing I was going to say is if we were to give out awards, like the best scene award, and I think that we both would say that when they're playing in the background, also when Soundgarden's playing Birth Ritual towards oh, the yeah. end, which is great because, uh, what's it, Steve goes into you know the cell room of and, and leaves that long voice message, which I think that scene is better than the first one of of them trying to like talk to each other in the bar, but oh, the yeah. Alice in Chains in the background was really really cool because it was a longer scene and you got to see more of them playing in the background and yeah that right. was all they had in the movie they just were in the back yeah and um and i just and i texted you and yeah we pretty much said the same thing to each other we're like I, I thought it was crazy that like that's how it was back in the day when these bands were getting going and and you've been to clubs where um the music is the, really the background it's not really a show it's like a club you go there to meet people and there's mu music playing on the back and at one point that was Alice in Chains. They were just playing at, mm -hmm. you know, in Got Seattle. Got music six nights a week. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people probably met at Alice concerts and they probably don't remember the set list and the performance because they, they weren't were meeting there other for people. It. Yeah, yeah, they weren't and there that, for that it. kind of blew my mind and, and um, it is really cool to think about. Yeah, and, and my perception of the movie, like, uh, at its best, it's kind of like a like a glossed over um, like uh, caricature of like the Pacific Northwest in the early '90s. But like that's an element of it that is still fascinating to this day for me because you know by the time and place in which I was born, yeah. I would I would never be able to access something like that. But that just goes <laughs> to show you. I mean, you know, back then is the, the, these guys were playing all the time, and in, in, in the same way that like you know the talent and the Matt Dillon's character, that Cliff is just like you know you see Chris and you know, Chris lives in your building, and like you're going to see Chains, and you know you're in a band with with Stone and, and Jeff, and you know, but th that that fraternal element really did exist, and all of these people knew mm -hmm. one another. You know, they were playing in the same circles, they were running in the same circles, and I'm sure there were a lot of people who young people singles, uh, you know, in their twenties at Neighbors. that time who would go around, you know, to, to, to the off ramp, to the crocodile, you know, and, and see these bands. Um, and that yep. was really cool. That was kind of like a nice little, um, you know, snapshot, you know, of, of, of a realistic element of, of what existed at the time, uh, regardless of how true or untrue, you know, a lot of the themes in this film were as it related to what was going on then. Yep. And I was going to text you, and say, you know, I know it would make this movie a lot better for you. And if it was based in Boston and everybody had Boston accents and it was about that. <laughs> what <laughs> that the area. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And like, because that's, and I've, I've actually been enamored by movies that are, that depict a scene of an, of a location. And the, the Big Lebowski is a great one. Like Los Angeles. I watched it when I, yeah. And it's like, it really is supposed to be Los Angeles, the whole scene the pornography, the like, the drifter, like it, it's supposed to yeah. depict all of that. And when you the kind of look at that lens, everything, yeah, there's a lot of you know allure to all of that, and that's kind of what this movie is. And if you're from that area too, you're going to be like, oh, I remember that. Like I remember, you know, you see things, and 
And I think that that elevates a movie a ton when they pay attention to uh, time and place. And they mm-hmm. put that, and that was one of the, that's the strong, that's this movie's strong point is, is like you said, maybe it's glossed over, but it's still like, it's very particular and yeah. set to a time and place. And I think that's really important in movies. Um, that's an important aspect for a good movie is well, the, like really the embracing all of the cultural stuff. Yeah, and, and the coolest thing about any sort of art, I think particularly film, is regardless of how to the letter or not to the letter or implied a lot of these themes may be, the fact that somebody is able to see it as a representation of a time and place. So in this in this instance, you know, Seattle, the Pacific Northwest in the early 90s, they're perceiving that and they take that in and they take that in and they're affected by it. And it's their view that makes it real in a way, you know, that that's the perception that they have. And that perception is a real perception, regardless of how accurate or, or implied or abstract the, the actual film is as it relates to what the subject matter is. I mean, that's just the, the artistic license that you have when you're writing a film or when you're writing music or when you're making a piece of art. Um, and, but the people's perception and how they process it, that makes it real. So I think a lot of, ways the same way that the grunge scene and the flannels and everything i mean that's real for a lot of people because that's what they perceive the time to be um and i think that's that's a pretty there's 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 value in that absolutely of course another award best soundtrack or soundtrack song and it doesn't need to be coming off the album what's what what song stuck out to you the most when it played or you know it came on you're excited to hear it fit the scene really well so I was, um, this relates at the beginning of the podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm sweating profusely because it's 90 degrees in my apartment right now. So I got home last Na- night. Naturally. I got home last night. I turned, turned the, turned the movie on. Um, and I was sitting right in the doorway of my living room and my bedroom because I have an air conditioning unit in my bedroom window. So I wanted to get in the path of it. So I'm sitting like right in front of the TV, the same way that you you know, your parents would yell at you like, don't, you're going to go blind or whatever. You're standing too close to the TV. So I'm standing there right in front of the TV. I'm sitting and the I'm moment sitting. I was sitting, that's yeah. <laughs> I, I, turn, turns out I'm a liar. I'm standing I lied there. About I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm laying down. <laughs> one thing that I was doing that I, that I would never lie about as soon as it ain't like that came on, I was head banging a little bit. It got, yep. it got like, uh, you know, it got real for me. You, you heard little nuggets. I breath and a scream state of love and trust from Pearl jam. I mean, that was really cool to hear in one of you know their first habitats those some of the first places that yeah. these these songs had legs um but when alice came on and you hear it ain't like that same way when when birth ritual was on those live performances yeah. it, it was fucking awesome it was really cool yeah it was and then wood came on and you yeah. actually got to hear right it after into it ain't the flood like that. again yeah they literally they i think literally that was while poncier was given an interview right about about i'm <laughs> dick you can touch me <laughs> yeah um, I actually I, I love Dyslexic Heart by uh Paul Westerberg. Yep. Um and they opened the they opened the movie with it and like it was very clear that like, you know, there's singles and there it's were people a sign of to things to come. Get, yeah, and they couldn't really get on the same page and uh that's how a dyslexic heart can be. And then they closed the movie with it. So I thought that was pretty uh pretty nice pretty smart. Yeah, nice bookends. I like when people wrap it up that way. So that was solid. I really like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, hearing Wood, hearing the live performances were easily the uh, the best parts of the movie. I mean, and also when when they were sit- when they were sitting in the diner, and Cliff is like, you know, read me a good, you know, read me a good review, but you know, no negative energy, basically. <laughs> and 
you know, Eddie and them are sitting there and like, it was really cool seeing those guys playing the part and being in the movie. So anytime that, um, you know, one of our favorite guys were in the scene was great. Even when Chris came up and really watched Cliff blow, blow the, the speakers blow the window, out, blow, blow the, the speakers windows out. out and blow the windows. And he didn't say shit, but it was still like, hell yeah, yeah that's Chris Cornell. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there he yeah. is. Just chill him. Yeah, the, so good. the cool qualities of this movie and, and the cool factor, I think, only increases with time uh, because here we are, uh, what, 31 years after this movie came out. And it's like, wow, there's Eddie Vedder has a small acting role and, and Stone and Jeff are right there. And the next thing you know, Chris is coming out. Um, it's really cool. It's 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 just another piece of art and in, in, in piece of a uh, piece of film that is it, it it just shows like another aspect of the area um and, and of the scene and i think it's really cool absolutely um yeah so let's see what else what else about this movie can we get into chris oh man so some of the jokes would would certainly not play in the, in this day and age um and and some of the um one of the <laughs> One of the song choices, I I know we were texting about it when when they had the uh, the pregnancy scene, uh, <laughs> nearly lost you was playing. <laughs> yes, oh, I loved it. That was so yeah. good. It's so funny too because I I forget the specifics of it, but it's it's in Lanigan's memoir, "Sing Backwards and Weep." But um, evidently, you know the the whole the movie was being made and. Lanigan felt like the trees were getting snubbed and like they weren't going to be on the soundtrack. And then somebody from whoever was getting the music together for the movie was like, Hey, like come to this hotel and give me your CD uh, of nearly lost you. And was like, fuck, I'm not going to be a fucking courier for this guy. Like fuck that. But they ended up doing it. But like Lanigan hated the movie. He hated everything that it represented. But I mean, Lanigan hated a lot of things. Um, Mm. But I mean this in a weird way, I, I do think this, this movie was a, was a vehicle for a lot of people discovering the music um, and also discovering what the movie made the Pacific Northwest out to be uh, with with the ponciers of the world and, and the weird hats and the soul patches and the long hair and the I Doc mean, Martens. The movie did come out in 92, so these bands are really getting running. So yeah, there's a lot of right. people where this is probably the introduction to these bands and the songs and the soundtrack and People well, probably it's crazy. So, with more intent. Notably, Allison Chains is on there. The Smashing Pumpkins have Drown on there. Pearl Jam's on there. Soundgarden's obviously on there. You could make the contention that for most of those bands, they Mud had honey. they had yet to reach their high water mark in terms of fame. Oh yeah. You know, by the time this movie came out, I mean Soundgarden had still yet to reach, I think, the pinnacle, which I think for them came with Super Unknown. And you could say the same with Pearl Jam. By the time Ten really took off and Versus came out, you know, when they were at the top of the world. Um, so it's interesting, you know, this was kind of before that high water mark was reached and it's kind of a, it's a weird little time capsule almost for a lot of what was going on at the, at the time. And we can't, we can't gloss over the pregnancy scene though. <laughs> so <laughs> well, this is so what I'm talking gets, about, like the stakes so being raised pregnant. and the plot being lost. Like, so she gets pregnant and like not two, two scenes later, they get into a car accident and like, you lost your baby. And she grieves like for that. like a minute. Just like that. She, she she grieves for a minute and she's like, I need to go to Alaska. <laughs> and they just like, all right, see you later. Yeah, and they it. break up. They break up or whatever. And she comes back and like, you know, I guess a month is enough time. But like, 
they just like the baby just died and that was it. that was, that was it, it. They, were, like, moved, it they moved on with everything and, i was like and, and big steve gives a nice firm handshake as he did in the beginning <laughs> yeah. and that's it you know so many handshakes chris so many handshakes and and, and uh, it, it's the really sexual funny. tension at the beginning to be to be finished <laughs> off of the handshake i'm telling you just nothing incredible nothing will diffuse sexual tension like a firm handshake <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to you want to kill the mood, and and you have an opportunity. Yeah. Put out your hand and ask put for out a your hand and exactly. ask for a handshake. And it's funny, Ethan, because as I'm sure a lot of people listening, we we've seen this happen in real time. We've <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we've got we've, we've got some people. friends who are handshakers. And next thing you know, I mean, anything that was any any pot that was boiling over a little bit, you you shake you shake their hand. That's it. It's all over. Yep. She wasn't like Jeanette and the doctor. It's like, you, you, you want to be fun? And she gives him a kiss. Like, you know, that's fun, not a handshake. Exactly. You know, yeah, Janet Livermore was really uh, laying the law down. But, oh, my God. And, and then and then the funny, the Xavier McDaniel cameo a few times yes. was, was pretty quality. Like the what you thinking about when <laughs> it goes to the interview. <laughs> Xavier uh, McDaniel. Yeah, this was um it, the the the, you know. The movie, the movie as a whole, is greater than the sum of its parts. I would say, uh, as a concept and just as a as a cultural time capsule. It's a cult I think, movie, yeah, yeah, it, it's totally a cult movie. And, and most cult movies, I think, people relate to them not because they're these magnificent works of art, but because they're kind of niche and and they mean something very specific to a very specific section of people. And this is absolutely one of those movies because I, I know from experience, every single time I would post something about this movie, I'd post the Citizen Dick concert poster for their March 10th show uh, and people would go nuts and people would always immediately share their favorite uh, favorite quotes from the movie. And there'd be like 100, 200, 300 comments like very quickly uh, because people really relate to this movie or people really value this movie. Um, Ethan, speaking of quotes, are, are there are there any quotes from this movie Favorite. that 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 you really really love? I was just about I was thinking about that same question of like which which one stood out and mm -hmm. um I would say I mean there's a lot of good like one-liners I guess. Yeah. But my favorite my favorite monologue or favorite um you know scene I guess is when uh Steve, I guess his name is is leaving that voicemail and he mm -hmm. kind of spills his heart out and then the tape gets eaten and she actually doesn't hear any of it. Yeah. And he kind of like lays it all in the line and then there's a, a malfunction with the cassette or the, uh, the recording where it doesn't get heard. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as favorite lines, I mean, I think the negative energy one is really good um, by Cliff. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, what, what about you? So my favorite one was from later on in the movie, and, it, and it's a and it's a scene with with Cliff and Janet, um, and it was the whole one where he's like, "I used to live out by the airport underneath the flight patterns. It was really noisy <laughs> yeah. with the planes going by all day. I used to have cookouts, and no one would come because of the noise. I got used to it, and then when I moved." I missed the noise. I missed those planes. <laughs> Janet says, Cliff, what are you talking about? And Cliff rebuts, I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? He might not know, but he it's did so know. Good. There's something in he there. Did. You missed the noise, but no, nobody came because it was too loud. But then next thing you know, it's quiet. You miss it. <laughs> that's perfect. That's such, a, that's such a good grunge Bible. Oh, uh, yeah. Pulling pull the, pull the, uh, 
pulling everything out of a quote. That's so good. Yeah. Especially when you read it, read it so bluntly like that. Mm-hmm. That's I, absolutely I one. It was funny. I, I was watching the movie, movie and he starts going like, about this tangent. He's like, I miss the noise, man. And I was like, wow, like we're actually going to get, get to a profound mo- moment in this film. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was really hoping like he had enough line to go and take another step and make it profound. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. It's all she wrote it's like sometimes. The, it's like in the, the beginning of the movie, I, I thought it was really funny and, I don't know exactly what he said, but the guy from Spain, he's like, what do you, like, what's the matter? And she she had a flat, right? Yeah. Is it a flat? I believe She's so. like, I have a flat. And he's like, nice. And then like walked away. And that was like all these, <laughs> it was just like end of conversation. It was that like was it. very point blank. He's like, all right. <laughs> and he like left. <laughs> hey, uh, sometimes sometimes you just need to be blunt like that, I guess. But so what is, um? so I, I have two more questions uh, for you about this film. But the, the first one would be, um, is there a lesson in this film? <laughs> do you do you take away any sort of lesson from the singles film? A lot of people are single, basically. <laughs> a lot of people are single out there. I mean, uh, there what, there is a good line or quote. Um, was it uh, "Stay single, have fun" or something like that? Yeah, at the beginning, that was one and of the the, the title card cutscenes. Yeah, you know, I think that's true. I mean, there's a lot of single people out there. There's a lot of people that are in the same situation, trying to navigate through life and making it difficult. And and uh, you know, I I think I think in the movie, I, th- I don't know if it's Cliff or something, but the, basically, like you know, you got to talk to people. You got to go out, put yourself out there, and like and just interact because interact with your neighbors and the people around you, and um, because it's a community, and those are the people that you live around, and you know, they're like. Um, you know, she asked Steve, uh, you know, what, who are your neighbors? And he names like five people like, well, that's that. That's Cliff. That's Jeanette. And, uh, you know, he knows all of his neighbors. And I thought that was kind of cool and a good th- a good piece of the time because n- people don't know their neighbors nowadays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <In> le- <coughs> Sorry. You're good. <laughs> we're, having, we're having a live coughing attack on the Grunge oh, yeah. podcast. Uh, but people, people don't know their neighbors anymore and they are, you know, it's just easier not to engage mainly because, uh, you know, if you're living in an apartment or you're not going to be living there long, you don't want to, you know, take the time. And, uh, I think it's an important lesson to take the time and to, um, invest in people like that, even if they are strangers. Yeah. Um, because you know, you never know what can come out of it and what you may meet, who you may meet and, uh, taking a chance like that, um, is usually the most rewarding in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. how about you, Chris? Do you have any, I, I, I do movie? actually have one. Um, it, it's really interesting. I, I think a lot of the characters um, throughout the film, there was just this general sense of a lot of them being a little impatient and wanting to rush to the next chapter, the next step. You know, they wanted to be in relationships. They wanted to be married. They wanted to be this huge rock band. Um, but it's funny because, you know, in a way, I think the movie just kind of shows you like, well, well, what is the rush? Like, you know, you're always going to have problems no matter which next step you have. And, you know, every single chapter begets new problems. But there was a quote the uh, the, the Janet character said uh, that I really related to, um, you know, and, and they were talking about, you know, I think it was the Linda who had said something about the fact that, you know, she really thought, you know, in college I'd finally find somebody, but then next thing you know, I don't. But then Janet said at one point, somewhere around 25, bizarre becomes immature. Um, and I really, really related to that in a big way. Um, and just as, as myself and my collective yeah, friend group, we grow older and you're all kind of 
all kind of searching for like who you want to be as adults and, and, and what you want to be involved with, what you want to be about, uh, you know, relationships. My friends are getting engaged, my friends, you know, but in the times that you do bizarre things become fewer and fewer because life's moving fast. Um, and you do reach a point where, where bizarre does become immature and you, you kind of have to stop doing stuff like that. But yeah. the whole movie was Absolutely. just kind of like a reminder, like, what's the rush to the next thing? Like, there's something to be said for just kind of being where you are and, and going through these learning experiences, because that's the only way through, you know, you have to learn it, you know, and you have to learn it yourself. Um, and, you know, you make mistakes, you, you go back to maybe people that you shouldn't go back to, you spend too much time in a band you shouldn't be in, you know, you don't yeah. move out of an apartment that you should move out of, or, you know, you're in a bad job, or you're not inspired, or you're, you are inspired, but you don't know what to do about it. So, yeah, I think d- despite the fact, that, you know, the movie uh, doesn't stack up for me, it's not an all timer for me, but I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's no, a less, there's not. a message in there. It's always a message. Absolutely. And I don't know when the next time is that we're going to watch this movie, um, <laughs> but I'm sure there will be a time and place where oh, yeah. it gets put on and it, it's perfect background stuff. I mean, it would be something really funny to put on like at the afters where it's really late and you just put it on where it's, it's literally the background and then oh, you yeah. have, you know, the background background is Jerry Cantrell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big Jerry. Which would be pretty sweet. What was 100%. your last question that you had? I have one more question. This is perhaps the most important question of them all. And I'm sure this is the one that people have wanted to know most of all. And the question it's is about text. <laughs> no, unfortunately, the question is if you, Ethan Shalloway, were given the opportunity where you could pick, you can see Cliff Poncier live or you can see Citizen Dick live <laughs> and you can only see one of them. Right. What ticket are you going for? I'm going to be at that March 10th show. Of Citizen, <laughs> Citizen Dick, Dick, no shit. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be there. I want, I want to see the whole band together. I mean, mm-hmm. you heard it in the uh, the rousing review, which actually, Chris, we need to, we need to look up the review and, and read that uh, the people gave to him. Oh, but, you know, the band, the band was uh, the band was kicking. The band's really good. And, and you know, Cliff, you know, you you know, it's a, the band is some of your parts. So if he's not on, you know, at least I can still get the rest of the band to uh, to hold me over. But I mean, I, obviously, I would still if Cliff was on his own, I'd, I'd also support him. But if I had the choice, I'm taking uh, Citizen Dick at the March 10th show. That's pretty good. So, so the review. Did you find? Do you, yeah, part, do you have the part of, okay, part of the review that they didn't read. Now remember, Chris, I don't want to hear anything negative. Okay, but go ahead. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> there's going to be a little bit of negativity here, uh, and it reads once again: when the shirtless Cliff Poncier begins singing, you know what you're in for. More pompous, dick-swinging swill from a man who has haunted the local scene for much too long. You wish that Cliff would move to another town like Minneapolis or Los Angeles or New York, a town where he could disappear into the masses and not stand out like the relentlessly mediocre talent that he is. That's tough. I love that. Hung hung around the local scene too long. A little too long. But that's the thing. There's a lot of people that's who do Bizarre that. That's becomes immature. Exactly. And he became immature, I guess, which is why the band had to move on. And that's why, if I had the choice, I'm taking that Cliff Poncier ticket. I want to see uh, because the band broke up. You know, he grew up. Yeah. Stone got scared and the other guys went to Boeing. That affects that affects an artist. And Cliff I love is an artist. I went to Boeing. I mean, the Pacific Northwest, where else are you going to go? You know, Starbucks, I guess, right? Yeah, basically. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I want to see. I would love to see. I want to see what, see the, what, what, what this struggle went 
you know, and how this affected Cliff as as the artist. And and he right, said himself, it could help know, him a ton. He's, he's doing some really interesting things now. You know, he's he's gonna play <laughs> he's gonna play in France. He's gonna play these songs in France. And uh, I want to see I want to see what Poncier is like uh, unmasked and without the freeloaders that were in his band. I do love the the third scene when they introduce uh, Janet. She's the barista, and they're pour, pouring in some just the blackest most oily coffee beans you could think of oh 100 and it's just so so greasy and i'm a coffee guy and i'm just like oh dude that is so that is so like seattle during that time just like this darkest shit bean that probably tastes really crappy but everybody does it because that's you what have you do to in seattle that's yeah. what you do in seattle and that's what you do around grunge bible there's a movie that has some of these characters in there you watch them, and if you're lucky enough or unlucky enough to have a podcast, you make a podcast episode about it. You talk them. about it. So that is our unbiased review of the singles movie. Thank you, Cameron Crow, for writing and producing that. Um, overall, like I said, I give it a 69. I think that it, it holds up for its place in you know movies, but um, you know it's kind of it's kind of you know just fun. It's a fun yeah. movie. I saw it. I don't need to see it again for a little while, but it's important that we saw it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Chris, let's let's talk about songs of the week. Um, I, I think we have to pick one from the, the soundtrack. Or do you yeah. have another idea? Yeah, I think you're right. I was, I was toying with that idea earlier, and I'm not surprised to uh, find out that you were also thinking the same way. I think mm -hmm. I know what your song of the week is going to be. Um, I don't want it to be overkill, but... I'm going to go with dyslexic heart. I was, yeah, it was, I knew it was going to be dyslexic heart. It has to be. I've been, I've been like, let's do it. I just freaking love it. Like the, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just fun. So I'm going to go ahead and put that on our songs, songs of the week. That's pretty good. Uh, my selection is going to be breath. Uh, also from the single soundtrack, the Pearl jam song. Um, that was one of the, the earlier moments where I was, I was finding myself getting excited about the movie while I was watching it. Cause I was like, fuck yeah. Like, uh, they're they're playing this in the car like this is great breath and a scream pearl jam uh yeah you know oh seattle sound pearl jam grunge rock so oh, yeah that's that's what oh, we're gonna yeah. go can't with beat it yeah so this was this was overdue um uh, my apologies to anybody that has been hoping for this episode for a long time, but that just goes to show you sometimes there are things that you need to wait for. Um, I'm not going to say that it was worth the wait. That's for you to decide and let us know. And as always, if you have any other suggestions of various films or albums or artists that you want us to talk about, we'll get to them eventually because we're going to be here a while. Absolutely. All right. Um, so, yeah, if you are still listening, thank you again for making it to the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, one way that you can support us not only is Patreon, but please leave your review, um, positive or negative. We don't care. But the more reviews we get, um, just the more, I guess, validated we are, you know, because if we have a ton of reviews and we have a four and a half stars, you know, it's legit, uh, you know, so just help us. Help us to continue to grow that. So, oh, yeah. one, we can make our podcast better if you can leave, you know, a written review. But also just because, yeah, the numbers don't lie. So, um, the more reviews, the better. Absolutely. Um, and in the same way that everybody uh, who listens to this show 
uh, supports us with their time or with their money or with their positive words or with their encouragement or suggestions, uh, we do like to support, um, you know, different people um, that are important to us. And uh, as we began last week, uh, we did talk about a little bit at the end of last week's episode, the Social Act Band. And uh, we're back with a little little bit, little, little more music from the Social Act Band to end this uh, this podcast episode. As we mentioned last week, um, they've got a lot of new music coming down the pipe. And um, Ellis and John in particular are, are two of the nicest guys that we've had the opportunity to meet. Uh, Ethan, you've, you've been able to meet both of them in person. Uh, you visited Absolutely. Chicago uh, last year. Uh, in November, I believe, or December. Um, but yeah, John Cranger and Ellis Clark, really, really great guys. Um, they make music for the purest of reasons. Um, they're enthusiasts and the love that they have for their music and for one another too is really inspiring. Um, so I'm excited to share a little bit more of their music here uh, at the end of another Grunge Bible podcast episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, these guys are Again, like we said, um, they're putting a lot of hard work into their music. Um, it comes from the heart. They're doing it because they love it. They've been doing it a long time, since the 80s. And, um, you know, it's not hard to be doing, um, to pursuing an endeavor for so long. And the fact that they're still doing it now um, at an older age. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's don't, not don't easy get mad to at do. me, John. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but these guys, I mean, it, it really is. They're playing because they love it, and they're putting everything they have into it. Um, and that you have to respect it and you have to have to love it and love to see it. So this album is coming out uh, when I was there in Chicago. Um, Logan was with me and he, they sampled some of the new stuff. And um, it's pretty, it's, I, think it's, I think it's their best stuff, Chris. I'm oh, not yeah. even just saying that. Um, some really good, the recordings are really clean, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, definitely worth listening with headphones. That's what John says every time he sends him sends his stuff, and it makes sense because they put a lot of work, and you want to hear it the best quality. Um, so listening with headphones is great. And mm -hmm. he talked talked about the writing process a few times and how they would go out um, to different you know sceneries and different areas in the U.S. and get inspiration and and ob obviously a lot of inspiration from all their whole life. And um, man, yeah, they they have some great stuff coming. I'm pretty excited. Some big, just like when they're when they're jamming, when they're just playing. I mean, they're at their best, and they they go into some really good jams um, on this next album. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. Um, it's taking a lot, you know. It's taking they're taking their time. Come on, John, I'm ready for it. You know what I, I mean? Know. Give it to us. Yeah, give it to us already. De de denied the crowd hose water for long enough. For too long. Yeah, we're dehydrated. We're we're warm. We're hot. We need some water. Yeah. Absolutely. So as, as, as we did last week, uh, we will end this podcast episode with a little bit more from The Social Act.
ago And I can feel what they say In the grand design 